0: A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I'm Cam Edwards. So glad that you are with us on the program today. We are going to be talking about what is going on on the uh, West Coast out in Oregon, where a ballot measure 114 uh, looks like it's passed, getting ready to go into effect, and uh, Oregonians... ...are already reacting. Yeah, we'll get to that story in uh, just one second. This episode brought to you by Direct Bullion USA, the new gold standard of gold and silver dealers. You wouldn't let the swab of Washington, D.C. take your guns, so why would you let them take your retirement? Visit directbullionusa.com today and start learning how to protect your financial freedom by requesting a free investment guide. Secure, protect, and diversify. Get started now at directbullionusa.com. So out in Oregon... Uh, it looks like ballot measure 114 is going to pass with either 51%, maybe 52% of the vote. Uh, it's it's narrow, right? This is not the sweeping victory uh, for common sense gun safety measures that gun control activists were hoping for. Uh, and honestly, the biggest impact so far has been a staggering increase in gun sales. Yeah, Oregon gun sales up 380 2% ahead of Measure 114 taking effect. That is incredible. Uh, Jeannie Durkheimer with Northwest Armory in Oregon says, Gun sales have exploded since the passage of Measure 114. We've seen rushes in the past, she said, where they proposed various changes in laws, but not to this level. Uh, even during the you know, great gun run of 2020 and 2021, we really didn't see numbers like this in the state of Oregon, uh, data from the Oregon State Police Firearms Instant Check System, because again, Oregon already has universal background check laws on the books, so every gun sale goes through their background check, uh, shows the daily number of background check requests in the state has grown from roughly 849 per day before the general election to 4,092 per day since. Election Day, an increase of nearly 382 percent. The Oregon State Police said, uh, quote, the Firearms Instant Check System unit has been working through these extreme firearm request volumes and will continue to process them as quickly as possible. Well, that's kind of the rub, though, uh, because we've seen this huge demand in the increase for uh, firearms ahead of this new permit to purchase requirement. Uh, which will require, again, mandatory training, uh, all kinds of uh, background, extensive background checks, even beyond the background check process that is already in place in Oregon, Uh, all kinds of fees, a built-in waiting period. It's no wonder that Oregonians are rushing uh, to buy a firearm ahead of this deadline. There's also some concern that if this deadline hits, uh, gun sales might stop completely. Now, proponents of Measure 114 say, no, no, that's not the case. Um, you know, the, the, the law can't take effect until the permit process uh, ha- has been written. That's not what the ballot measure says. Ballot measure says this law goes into effect 30 days after the election is certified, and it looks like that's going to be January 15th or so. Um, if that is the case and the uh, permit to purchase system has not been developed, Opponents of Measure 114 say that could put a complete halt to gun sales. Uh, the uh, rush to purchase firearms before that uh, December 8th cutoff date. Now, so this is what's interesting. So this is a uh, report here from uh, KOIN in Oregon. And they say that the measure is likely to be certified on December 8th, uh, December 8th and then we're going to effect on January 15th. But They seem to think that once January 8th, or excuse me, December 8th rolls around, uh, that gun sales could stop. And that, they say, has created a mounting backlog of background check requests for the Oregon State Police to process. The average number of delayed requests, close to zero between 2017 and 2020, the number shot up to about 7,000 at the height of the great gun run of 2020 before dropping back to near normal numbers in the spring of 2022. So where are we now? Well, uh, KYN says the number of delayed background checks shot up again in July when it was announced that enough signatures had been collected for Measure 114 to appear on the ballot. And then after the election, the number of delayed background checks has soared to over 13,000. Yeah. So again, so many people right now are trying to buy firearms in Oregon that the system is flooded. The Oregon State Police can't keep up with the number of background checks. And that means that uh, a lot of these new gun owners, or would-be gun owners in Oregon, um, are facing already lengthy delays. Now, the Oregon State Police says that their uh, FIX unit is working to process the uh, backlogged background checks from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., seven days a week. They will be closed next Thursday for Thanksgiving. Uh, and uh, they say approximately 63% of the background check requests submitted to FIX in November have been approved. That means that more than one third have not been. So again, the uh, chaos and confusion that Measure 114 will cause is already happening. Uh, But the biggest impact to date for the gun control measure? Yeah, an increase in gun sales. Meanwhile, uh, more sheriffs are speaking out against Measure 114 in vowing not to enforce it. Uh, my count as of uh, Wednesday was five sheriffs. I believe we're now up to at least six sheriffs uh, because uh, Lake County Sheriff Michael Taylor you can add to the list, has also vowed not to enforce Measure 114 for otherwise law-abiding citizens. Uh, He also says that he is encouraging uh, gun buyers to go ahead and get their guns now. I suspect that we're going to hear more sheriffs in Oregon speak up and say, listen, I'm not enforcing the magazine ban aspect of Measure 114. It's a little bit more difficult for the sheriffs to say, I'm not going to enforce the pistol permit purchase requirement. But you are seeing sheriffs say, listen, uh, you know, we're, we hope that this is going to get stayed. We hope that it is not going into effect, but we're not going to go out there looking for violations of this particular law. Uh, and I suspect, again, the number of those sheriffs in Oregon who are making statements like that going to grow here in the uh, weeks ahead of Measure 114 taking effect. Meanwhile. Plans for a a lawsuit, probably multiple lawsuits, to be quite honest, uh, already underway. Um, You've got uh, sportsmen's groups, Second Amendment groups in Oregon, uh, as well as the Second Amendment Foundation, who have uh, already hinted that a legal challenge will be forthcoming. But first, again, the results have to be certified. uh, And it may be that, again, the measure uh, has to uh, uh, go into effect uh, before there can be standing to sue. So it's going to be. Again, a a very um, fluid situation, let's say, uh, over the next few weeks as lawmakers scramble to try to set up this permit-to-purchase system. Uh, Oregonians scramble to buy firearms before Measure 114 takes effect. Uh, Gun control activists, by the the way, trying to uh, build on the passage of Measure 114 by going after modern sporting rifles. They want a ban on so-called assault weapons passed in the legislature next year. Yeah. And then again, you've got the uh, preparations for litigation underway as well. We will keep our eyes on what's going on out in Oregon. But I, too, uh, would encourage Oregonians who want to purchase a fire, maybe for the first time in their life, do it now, because once Measure 114 goes into effect, uh, the burden on your right to keep and bear arms in self-defense is going to be substantial. There are going to be increased costs. Again, there are going to be delays built in to Measure 114 that prevent you from being able to exercise your right to keep and bear arms in a timely manner. Uh, and so, yeah, if you are thinking about becoming a gun owner in Oregon, now's definitely the time to do it. All right, let's turn our attention to today's armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there. Not exactly a true recidivist case. I don't know that this individual had previous criminal charges levied against him. But I do know that the sentence he received for the uh, most recent criminal charge is absolutely outrageous. Sioux City uh, man gets probation for shooting woman's legs. He shot a woman. Doesn't matter where he shot her. He shot a woman and he got probation as a result. 20-year-old Apollo Houston pleaded guilty last month in Woodbury County District Court to charges of willful injury and reckless use of a firearm. And yesterday, District Judge Todd Deck suspended a 10-year prison sentence. That's right. And placed Apollo Houston on four years probation, a charge of aggravated assault dismissed as part of a plea deal. Houston, back on May the 7th, shot a woman named Kaylee White inside of a home in Sioux City. Uh, White's sister had brought Houston to the home They started drinking Uh, White's sister and Houston started arguing That's when Kaylee White quit drinking Went down to the basement Her sister and Apollo Houston eventually joined her Began arguing again So Kaylee White went back upstairs Tried to get away from the couple Called a friend While she's on the phone Apollo Houston comes up from the basement Sits next to her on the couch He's waving a gun around Eventually he presses it up against her leg And he pulls the trigger Bullet traveled through both of Kaylee White's legs. White says she had no idea why Houston shot her. And uh, it sounds like Houston didn't really have a good excuse. Drunk, with a gun, shoots a woman. And again, four years probation for this. Absolutely outrageous. And yet, unfortunately, with 97% of felony cases ended up in plea bargains, sentences like this are... uh, Probably more the rule rather than the exception, quite frankly. Uh, today's armed citizens story from Alabama, where uh, police say an armed robbery suspect was fatally shot by a witness, this armed robbery suspect, uh, also a suspect, in another robbery, just a, uh, earlier in the day, I believe. Um, this was uh, uh, in Limestone County. Uh, Sheriff Joshua McLaughlin says that a 53-year- old man. James Lee Henry of Collegeville, Pennsylvania, uh, was fatally shot by a bystander who witnessed the armed robbery at a store in, uh, in Ardmore, Alabama. Sheriff's Office reported that Henry was armed with a handgun, ordered the Ardmore store clerk to give him money. When Henry exited the store with the cash in hand, a witness outside of the store, who was legally armed, told Henry to drop his gun. When Henry did not comply and then pointed his gun at the witness, that's when the witness shot him. First responders arrived shortly thereafter, but uh, Henry passed away at the scene. Um, local coroner says that uh, Henry died from uh, multiple gunshot wounds. Police also say that uh, Henry was a suspect in a robbery at a Circle K in uh, Athens, Alabama, earlier that day. Sheriff office says that during the investigation that money stolen in both robberies uh, was recovered. We will uh, keep our eyes on this story, but again, it it looks like this is a pretty clear-cut case of self-defense on the part of an armed citizen who, uh, again, was able to protect himself uh, from an armed robber. Finally, today's good deed of the day. This is, I got to tell you, I I love these stories. We had a story like this fairly recently where a... um, police officer who had saved a young lady as a child, uh, got a chance to pin her badge on her uh, when she was recently sworn in as a sheriff's deputy. Well, this is another story of a, a reunited officer and a, a child that was saved. This one from uh, South Bend, Indiana. 24 years later, the uh, South Bend police reuniting a man with the officer who saved his life as a child. This is, again, pretty incredible. Um, It was July 16th, 1998. Ann Hayes, who is a a police officer in South Bend, responded to a call of a three-year-old wandering in and out of traffic on the northwest side of town. She responded, picked up the child. And uh, 24 years later, uh, that child, now a grown man by the name of Roberto Thies, went back to South Bend, Indiana to thank Officer Ann Hayes for saving his life. Uh, This was the uh, moment captured by the uh, South Bend police and uh, WNDU-TV in South Bend. And Hayes says, I don't know if massively surprised is the right word or the best word, but, you know, we do this like every day and you never hear what happens to the kids. I'm just happy to find out that he did so well and wanted to see me, which is a big surprise too. Roberto Thie says, I do remember being on the side of the road and from there getting picked up by a police officer. He said that uh, the incident was one of a few things that put him in foster care. He said it was a lot of back and forth. I met my foster parents when I was four. They came over after that incident. We went back and forth for six years where I would stay six months with them and then six months with my biological family. He said he uh, never forgot the woman who saved him. And uh, during roll call yesterday, he surprised Hayes with a bouquet of flowers. He said, I got to know a little bit about what she's done throughout her career, how much she's impacted uh, other people. And uh, let her know how that little action that she did changed my entire life, and I cannot express words of gratitude. According to uh, Roberto Thies, Hayes even helped to influence him to join the National Guard. He is set to deploy in just a few weeks, and again, before uh, he does deploy, took the time to track down that officer who changed his life for the better. So, in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing. Uh, Frankly, I think I think both of these individuals. Uh, that 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 holds true for both of these folks, Ann Hayes and Roberto Thies. Yeah, both, I think, uh, in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing, and we thank them for their very good deed. Now that is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Barry and Arms Cam and Company. But I do want to encourage you check out the website throughout the day, throughout Friday. All weekend long, because there is a lot of stuff going on right now. We are getting ready for the 2023 legislative sessions to kick in. We've got gun control bills that are starting to drop in the hopper. We've got uh, lawmakers who are uh, pledging to take action, uh, again, to enact common sense gun safety laws that will directly infringe on your right to keep and bear arms. We've got lawsuits that are being filed left and right. Uh, And, you know, listen, we've got armed citizen stories to talk about. We've got uh, a lot of coverage of rising violent crime in, uh, frankly, Democrat-controlled cities and states. And those Democratic lawmakers who are focusing their efforts on criminalizing our Second Amendment rights rather than going after violent offenders. All of those stories and more you can find at BuryingArms.com. And we really do appreciate your support. If you like what you see at the website, I would encourage you to become a VIP or VIP Gold member. Not only will you be supporting the independent pro-secondary journalism we're doing at Buried Arms, but as our way of saying thanks for showing your support, we're going to give you exclusive content, news stories and analysis you won't find anywhere else, because your support does matter, and it really does make a difference, so thank you again. All right, I'll be back with another edition of Cam & Company on Monday, but again, website's going to be updated all day and night throughout the uh, next couple of days until we talk again. Hope you have a great weekend. Be safe. Be well and be free.